Hello, and welcome to Court Games, a podcast for the Legend of the Five Rings community, funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord Patreon. This podcast focuses on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Korva. And I'm Kikita Kaori. And we have a little news this week. We do. A little bit of general news, but also slightly personal, because apparently there's a new thing happening at Gen Con. I managed to score tickets to it. There is a new role-playing game officially being run by uh, FFG, or Gen Con. It is called High Women, and Mm. in it, it's got Ronins are hired to investigate sake deliveries stolen near where the mythical highwayman operates. Is this a bandit or a supernatural creature? So it sounds like it's going to be an all-Ronin party. And I imagine it's going to be something along the lines of what happened a wedding at Kotek Castle, where they had a world event consequence. Yes, with the wedding, it was they took all the results, like who got married to whom and who did this and who didn't do that and what bits weren't exploded and all that kind of stuff and they kind of averaged them together and said okay this is the official in canon result right so they might do something similar so if if your ronin group just kind of you know sod it we're going to the mantis islands and drink whatever the rokugane equivalent of mojitos is uh (laughs) we'll get some we'll get some sake and we'll put in a coconut and that'll do and if like (laughs) enough of the people do that then that's what happened Right. And everyone goes, we still don't know what the mystery is because everyone went to the Mantis Islands and drank coconut drinks. So that could be interesting. That sounds like fun. And we definitely want to hear a report off that when that does occur, as much as you can. Yeah, I hope to report from that. I've got Thursday morning. And then uh, we may do some shared podcasting with some other podcasts at Gen Con too. So see how that Uh, goes. We will talk about that as we get more confirmation and as we are more certain as we get closer to the event. Yes. So, we have also got more information on Courts of Stone. The details we have is that there's going to be a 144-page guide to castle keeps and courts. There are going to be new schools, techniques, weapons, artifacts, and information about the Crane Clan. There is going to be a castle builder mechanism that allows NGMs to create a fortress, which I have to admit, that's the thing I'm looking forward to. I'm quite interested in. Looks like there's going to be some details about how detailed you need to be, you know, just very minimal or very detailed. That's what you want to do. Right. The way it sounded set up, they talked about it having a uh, aspect where you could build up your keep and build up a keep and build up a keep and then eventually have the goal of your PC party to make it into a Kudan, have a host mm. an Imperial court, Witcher Court there. And that sounds like an interesting concept for one of those multi-generational campaigns. Yes. I've often felt, because I... I... I have a copy of Pendragon somewhere. Pendragon is like the original, as far as I'm aware, multi-generation where you you start playing a character and then you play their kids and maybe grandkids. And Mm -hmm. I have often felt that Legend of the Five Rings would really suit itself where your characters might retire and then you play the next generation, either their kids or their students. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that they're actually kind of putting something together for that in the core game. and I call- This idea of trying to build a keep to the point of Hooten does make it sound like it could be run that way with a creative GM. Interesting. Because an actual, actual real-life castles could take decades to build, uh, which is quite a long time for a campaign, but interesting campaign structure. Uh, the Hooten Doji map has been... Um, yes, there was a lovely picture of the Kuten Doji map, and it is big, and everybody gets their own guest house. It's very pretty, but when you're talking about every clan gets their house, 
Yes. Why do the Mantis get their own guest house separate from the rest of the minor clans? Since the Mantis yeah. are a minor clan yeah. and a bunch of dirty pirates. Well, sorry, Mantis. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> no, some, some of them are clean pirates. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> they got dumped in the ocean recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Is that a clue to stuff happening in the future? Is it literally like, just, well, you smell too much of fish. We're going to give you your own one. That's on its own. <laughs> we had some complaints. No, um, they mm. they do talk about how Winter's Embrace is the Mantis coming in Doji uh, mm. in the blurb for the Winter's Embrace RPG adventure module that is coming out yeah. at the same time as Courts of Stone, which is probably why they have it. But why, you know, why do they have a whole building there? Unless it's a giant pit trap Doji have created or something. I mean, allegedly <laughs> in, in times past, as in as in not recently, the crane and the mantis apparently were doing reasonably well together. They were trading with one another and all that kind of good stuff. <laughs> the current kind of shenanigans between the two is apparently quite recent. Mm-hmm. So maybe I don't it's really it's really weird that, that they have that they have a separate thing in the Fox clan, for example, don't. And given that, that Doji Hotaru is married to the fox, a fox cat. But uh, there's also another odd thing about Kuden Doji in that it says that all the walls and ceilings, well, they're all hollow. And Shinobi right. can crawl around in there and pick up secrets from different rooms. I think this sounds like a terrible way to architect your secure castle. But, uh, yeah. you know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe there's a secret stuff. And of course, it means that the crane will be the crane shinobi are crawling around in their own rafters. Uh, if if the, the walls are hollow, that makes sense. Maybe that they send their servants through those. So you never actually have to see the horrible, you know, non-samurai people. Oh, God, no. I only see lovely cultured samurai. <laughs> Maybe. But if the ceilings are also hollow, that's really weird. <laughs> That's that's just odd. In Kuden, Kuden Doji, Kuden Biyushi maybe, although Kuden Biyushi's main shtick was that you could rearrange the walls. Whichever way you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you wake up one morning and everything's all different. It's like, um, but that's really an odd thing in Kuden Doji. And that probably leads into the other main controversy about this book, which is it's Courts of Stone and it's the Crane Clan, but it's not the courtly book. It's the Shinobi book. It apparently. does have. It seems to have an awful lot of Shinobi, and the quote that they have from the article explaining this is that secretive Shinobi may seem out of place in the noble courts of Rokugan at first, but these may be where they find their most lucrative employment. Yeah. But so are Shinobi hired or sworn? Oh, yeah. That's. Are... Yes. <laughs> I mean, em- employment does also mean you know being asked to do stuff. Uh, but if you are a shinobi, then you have to kind of give up being a samurai, even if you're born to a clan. Mm-hmm. Now, I am assuming that this is going to have shinobi stuff for all the clans, though the Shadowlands book did not have Shadowlands stuff for all the clans. Um, um, what's what's the betting that the, the Scorpion get another Shigenja family school but no bushi and no shinobi because that would that would just yeah. be funny <laughs> it would it would make scorpion players even more salty than they are i suppose which i mm. I, I couldn't blame them you know i want to play my my jensen bushi scorpion yeah it's an odd pairing i think courts of stone did not make me immediately think this is shinobi time no i i 
and expect that in a scorpion book. They don't mm. have to go in alphabetical order. I mean, if they really wanted to do Sh- Shinobi now, they could have done Crab then. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see when it comes out. But I, I would have liked to see more on how to run courtly games in a in a role-playing game that tells us repeatedly that what happens in the courts is as important as what happens on the battlefield. So L5R traditionally in most campaigns that I have heard described or played in has been a combination of not quite Dungeons and Dragons, but uh, wandering around fighting bad guys <laughs> for specific you know, ends. You've been told by your lord to go here and fight this Mahosukai or this other thing. And investigations. So go into this setting and find who did this thing. Those two campaigns make, I would say, 90% plus of all the uh, L5R role-playing games out there. But especially with 5th edition, we have the addition of these shuji, we have the addition of uh, these political techniques, but we don't have any place where we've really educated game masters on how to make a political campaign or a significant political chunk of campaign outside of the simple, you know, investigate this or go kill that. And I was sort of hoping that Courts of Stone would give us a place and teach us how to do that in the setting. And, And I don't know if it can with all the castle building and all the shinobi stuff because shinobi fits mm. straight into the kill this person or investigate. Yeah, the same campaigns. You're right, and especially given that in fourth edition it was very difficult to be a warrior and a courtier because of the way the stats were. Whereas in fifth ed, it's I wouldn't say necessarily easy, but you don't need to specialize in your stats because you can be a a fire courtier and a fire bushy just as easily. You're not, right. you're not kind of, well, I put all my points in agility. I don't have anything in awareness. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, you, you've got a situation where even your fighty characters have lo- can have loads to do in a court setting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that could really be explored. And Courts of Stone felt like the book where that would happen. but Maybe it'll all be, uh, maybe it'll all be in the Scorpion book. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's, well, since I we're mean, having the Shinobi in the Crane book, we'll have the yeah. court stuff in B5. It's actually, that's actually a not unreasonable place to put it, but we will see what happens, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we did have some topics of discussion that came up uh, either in the last two weeks or previous to that that we thought we'd explore. Uh, this goes along with our thread that we've had about making your own campaign and starting up a new campaign. And one of the uh, topics that was discussed on Discord that I thought was very interesting for how you begin and intend to run a new campaign is whether or not to do a stick Rokugan versus a Wuxia Rokugan. Lots of jumping around and dancing on the top of bamboos and shouting your technique names. Yeah. So uh, you, you, I think, know more about Japanese kinds of things uh, than me. I, I have watched possibly more samurai dramas than is strictly speaking <laughs> um yeah i mean i mean i'm not much more for when when we say realistic yeah i suppose I, I suppose i really mean more in the way of grounded i mean the i i go for samurai drama realism more than i go for anything like historical or anything like that 
but mm-hmm. you know you do have the things where you watch you watch a few Kurosawa movies and you see that most of the time when you've when it's a skilled opponent with a katana generally one hit is all it takes and there's um, a lot of political intrigue there's not a lot of uh sort of setting yourself on fire or leaping from building to building but obviously legend of the five rings goes in that direction somewhat just just you got the Takashi monks who do that kind of thing and you do have the shugenja who obviously do straight up magic and you do have monsters but i mean for i mean my my particular thing is i what i would like to do is to make it more like a samurai drama with magic and monsters but you can also go a slightly different direction where everyone is able to do really really epic things and uh I, I, and there's a question of where do you want, where do you personally want to put yourself on that dial, and how do you do that? And that's an interesting set of questions. That's something we would like to discuss. Yeah, I think the fifth edition, uh, with the way that it has lots of different named kata, does lend itself to the to the wuxia style. Uh, it gives something along the lines of for bushi. Uh, the Shigenja spells that do their more obvious magic thing and the Kiho, which do their more obvious magic thing. And, and the fact that most Bushi schools also get rituals right off the bat, mm-hmm. and some of those rituals are pretty magic. So, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, this is actually another question, because we, we say, like, there's realistic on one end and Wuxia on the other. Um, but actually, there's also low magic, high magic. Does everyone mm-hmm. have access to some kind of magic? Uh, when in first edition you had even not 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 a very high level Kakita artisan, you could fold origami cranes that would fly around. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it's been a pendulum that L five R has swung on mm. uh, across its life. So it did start out quite magic feeling with at least with things like the artisans doing magic and stuff, and then it went more towards. Everything's got to be really realistic. We've got to have everything be grounded in that one-shot kill samurai drama that you see. And I think that style is still somewhat present. I think the most realistic in some of the mid-versions of L5R, like maybe third. But fourth edition is still pretty realistic end of things. Third got pretty high level. Third got pretty epic. Um, it, it is also an interesting question, like not just how much do you do it, but when, I mean, are they doing this at Insight Rank 1 or are they doing this at Insight Rank 5? And it's possible that you start off Insight Rank, and I think this is the design decision fifth, is that you start off Insight Rank 1 and you can't even do the one-shot duel yet because you're very new. And it's not until you hit about Insight Rank 3 that you get to be played by um, Toshiro Mifune, you know. <laughs> That's uh, uh, that's a line I keep doing. That's like you don't get to be played by him until you're rank five, uh, rank three, sorry. Um, mm-hmm. And then someone says, including my Utaku Battle Maiden, and he say, "Well, um, he he'll look great in purple." Yeah, and so and so maybe by rank five, or if you start getting to rank six, that's when you start getting to leap around on rooftops. Mm-hmm. Perhaps now, like that could be a dial that you set. So at rank five, and or if they get beyond rank f- five into rank six, that's when you start becoming very epic if i wanted to make things feel more usha versus feeling more realistic what would i do if i was wondering it make it realistic then yeah. a kata would be a slow a small adjustment in how you hold your grip on your sword 
yeah. or uh, the slight movement of your foot or just a, a change in stance. That would be your your kata. And your spells being low effect would be just very minor. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it comes down to how it is described more than the game mechanics. Right. But if I want to make it a wuxia high magic world, I could take that same kata, maybe at a higher level because I've reached higher level, mm. and now I am surrounded by glowing aura or... I you know, leap high into the air and come down, bringing my blade from 20 feet up, you know, descending upon you. It's, it's really just in the description. So you can find a style or a level of uh, wuxia or realism that appeals to you as a game master. Go watch your samurai movies or your Chinese wuxia or whichever you like. And then you just use the descriptions in for the same thing so the same kata that is a slight adjustment in your grip is a you know leap from 20 feet away or something like that yeah yeah uh or yeah just you just describe everything kind of stopping and then you know the music swelling and the the kind of the wind blowing and and the uh the cherry blossoms falling and all that kind of stuff you know (laughs) And you just you just describe that and just really amp everything up in that sense. And you don't even necessarily change the game mechanics at no. all. Uh, you can even just say if you can find a uh, a good if you, if you can find an inspiration, you can find something that really kind of you know, this is what I want it to look like, and everyone kind of watches that. People go, okay, okay, that's what I'm going to be seeing. Good. And then you're on that kind of page. Um, if you want to go, one of the my favorites, um, one of my favorite inspirations for a kind of more wuxia, more over the top, epic kind of game is Thunderbolt Fantasy, which you can <laughs> actually watch for free on Crunchyroll, and we're going to include a link to that in the show notes. And it's just gorgeous. It is. It is a a co-production between a Taiwanese. It's it's a puppet show, which mm-hmm. is just ridiculous. Um, but it's it's actually made. By or it's it's produced by a Japanese company, and it's just amazing, and everything's glorious, and the costumes are amazing, and everyone looks beautiful, and it's just amazing, and it's really over over the top and fantastic. Uh, I often recommend for a more grounded version. If, if you yeah, if you want to even go into anime, there's a, an anime called Onihei available on Amazon Prime, which might not. But that's a very grounded, essentially Edo period mm-hmm. cop show. I think my favorite is in between those two. I like uh, Roroni Kenshin for the level of between realistic and wuxia. Uh, a lot of the politics and stuff is realistic. There's not a whole lot of magic. There is some. But uh, there is some very dramatic techniques and fun swords and so on. So, and and some some very kind of um, over the top uh, or at least epic individual. Like there's the guy who carries around the ridiculously large sword. The Zambato, yes. Zambato, and uh, you have the you have enemies that are, that look are like ten foot tall. Mm-hmm. And and all that kind of stuff, and so yeah, that 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 kind of uh, craziness. Well, I think that is indeed somewhere between. So you have characters because the Rory Kenshin himself is kind of a is semi grounded, other than he is totally awesome at what he does, but he's not like exploding or setting people alight with his eyeballs or anything. But some of the stuff he meets 
really rather big and huge and enormous. So we'll put a link to that also, because that's also on Crunchyroll. Basically, it's your Rokugan. Do yes. what you want in terms of fuchsia or stuff. Take it. Take advantage of it. If you want more magic, go ahead and put it in there. Just use your words. Yep. And so I think that's a, that, that's an option to, to look into and something to and an idea to play with. And uh, you and your players should come up with that. Yep. And we also had some listener questions this week. What are general mistakes new players and GMs make when starting out with L5R? What are the must-knows for players and GMs? This came from Di- from Doji Misho on Discord. And how deep do they have to delve into the lore before starting? That is a big question. Um, I think they're kind of two separate things, like the, the general mistakes play- mm-hmm. for players and GMs. And how deep? Because I have to say, one of the strengths of L5R and one of its weaknesses is the amount and the depth of the lore. Because it's fantastic and there's loads of stuff in there and it's all amazing. But it can be very, very intimidating for a new player. So that's a thing. Okay, maybe what we can do is for our next session uh, is start a new series with introducing some of the kind of mandatory lore for Rokugan and all of the clans, kind of pre the beginning of 5th edition. Mm. That would be it. And we can talk about that too. Because I think, you know, the founding of the Empire... So you get the basic structure yep. and uh, a basic knowledge of each of the clans. And yeah. if you have the empire and you have the clans, really, I think that's the as deep as you need to go. You don't need to know everything. You need to know the foundings of them and a sh- thing uh, and a, a, a kind of the background for each family. And once you have that, yeah, you find out the rest as you go. Right. You could. They are the rest are things that GMs can bring in as they tie to different elements of the storyline yeah. uh, that the DM is producing. So you might not care at all about the Bloodspeaker Wars and Uchiban until you're taking a tour of his tomb. Mm. And then you really care a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but that does that's not necessarily anything to do with the gameplay for a current plot. So it's yeah. not required that you know everything, just the founding of the Empire and the clans. I think I think in terms of general mistakes, I think that expecting the players to know as much about the law and especially etiquette as their character is one I hear of a lot because mm-hmm. you don't want because you know you don't expect your players to be good at, as as good at kenjutsu as their characters and you don't say well if you want to hit the monster you know demonstrate a sword cut or I'm not going to let you your character hit. You know, you don't do that. That's, mm-hmm. That would seem a bit silly. But it, it is very often like, I need to know exactly, you need to say out loud what your character says out loud. Um, and if you get the details wrong, then your character said that and your, your characters ashamed themselves. I don't like gotcha. Gotcha moments exactly, from exactly. GMs in general. So if you, as a GM, you want to set it up in L5R, especially in something where the role playing does get, have dangerous consequences. It's not you versus your player. You're, no. you're making a story together. If you you can, the players can fail at role-playing things. Absolutely. You want to have that in there. But it should be something where you've set it up so that they have a general idea of what to do. Yeah, yeah. And if something is not, is you think is really going to devastate them, 
my my GM always likes to use the "Are you sure you want to do that?" <laughs> and if you hear "Are you sure you want to do that?" that means stop. Really reassess, maybe take it up and discuss it with the rest of the party before you go on and say yes. And sometimes saying yes is the right thing, but most of the time you you need to think twice at that point. <laughs> and and I think as 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 a GM, a GM you do need to be a bit more conscious of what's workable and what's not. And certainly you're the GM, you're going to be deciding and defining what's what's good and what you need to be able to let char- yeah, let the player say, look, I'm trying to be polite here. And you don't got to go, ah, oh, yes, but you didn't refuse that gift twice. Therefore, seppuku for you. You know, if, if, the, if the player is saying, I'm trying to be polite, I'm, I'm going to accept the gift in a polite way, then, you, then mm-hmm. you would say, well, obviously, you go through the proper ritual of refusing it twice to show that you, you're giving them the opportunity to show they're sincere and you're showing how humble you are. And then you accept it as mm-hmm. opposed to you didn't do the thing you couldn't have known, but your character would have known and things like that. I right. think that's a, a common mistake that happen and i personally think i mean one of the probably the biggest mistake not having a good session zero where mm-hmm. you establish what are the boundaries i mean there's a lot of stuff you should do with like how people the actual players will interact with each other and stuff like that and ground rule but also just in terms of this is what i'm expecting your with regards to characters and politeness and here is how i expect you to tell me how polite your character is being. Mm-hmm. And here is some expectations. Rockagan is a very polite society and politeness is terribly important. And you should take that into account when you are role-playing. But if you if, if you say polite things in an English way, or whatever your local <laughs> language is, I'm not expecting you to know the suffixes like the san and the sama and all that. That's fine. I'll mm-hmm. accept sir and madam and lord because that's going to tell me what you're going for but you know this is an important part you should know this and be aware but here is how i will let here's how you tell me what you're doing without breaking everything you you set the expectations right another common mistake in this one is that players often make but should be established in a, a session zero is this is not dungeons and dragons you need to trust that the gm is going to take care of you too you need to trust that you're not going to have to loot everything. And it's not about the race to either experience points or treasure, anything like that. L5R is different from other role-playing games in that the story, you know, it, it's not competing for prizes. Your no. money is no good. Uh, you, you're not allowed to touch the dead body anyway. They do a lot of things to discourage you from thinking about this in terms of loot. And mm. that is a big mistake. I see a lot of brand new players come in from other avenues of uh, of gaming make is that they, they're interested in the same things that Dungeons & Dragons naturally looting the bodies and uh, wrecking up the XP and, and it it really can't be that way L5R because if you play it with that, it's going to uh, disturb the game for everybody else in your and yeah. it's going to drive your GM crazy. <laughs> yeah, which is not to say bad things about D&D, but D&D is very much its own thing and Legend mm-hmm. of the Five Rings is something very different, which is part of the fun. So mm-hmm. I think that's a, a, that is a very good point. Is to kind of, You need to come to it as a player with quite a different kind of viewpoint. I hope you answered that question, uh, and we'll we'll 
see about starting this new series, go into some of the uh, lore mm-hmm. and talk about that in case the the lore that we think is required that you should know, get yourself yeah. going in this game. So we'll talk about that in our next podcast, especially if there's not much news. Yeah, if there's, if there's not a new information about um, Quarterstone, certain people get upset about. Uh- <laughs> Aww. I know, I'm a terrible person. But you knew that, so that's fine. Um, so, so thanks very much for listening. Um, we're looking forward to all that new stuff. And everything we've talked about, we'll have links into the show notes so you can go and check those things out for yourself. And this is Kakita Kaori. That's it for us. May the fortunes favor you. And until next time, keep your jade handy.